Chapter Fourteen of Devlin the Barber by B. L. Fargen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Now, sir, while I was looking in a state of daze at the paper and trying to pluck up courage to read it, I felt a chill down the small of my back, and I knew that our lodger Devlin had crept into the room unbeknown without me hearing him. What is this I've been told as I come along? he said my friend lemon your worthy husband taken ill it is sad news is he very ill let me see him what i did do sir but run out of the room and upstairs where lemon was sleeping and whip out the key from the inside of the door and put it in the outside and turn the lock then i felt i could breathe and i went downstairs to devlin why do you lock the poor man in he asked how do you know i said that i have locked him in unless you've been spying on me <laughs> how do i know what i know he said laughing ah if i explained you might not understand perhaps there's little i don't know i've travelled the world over mrs lemon and there's no saying what i've learnt as for spying fie fie my dear landlady but you must be satisfied i suppose being a woman have you ever heard of second sight? It's a wonderful gift. Perhaps I've got it. Perhaps I can see with my eyes shut. Such things are. But this is trifling. Poor Lemon. I am really concerned for him. You mustn't keep me away from him. I'm a doctor, and can do him a power of good. Not, I said, and where I got the courage from in the state I was in, goodness only knows while there's a breath in my body shall you doctor my husband mischief enough you've done you don't do no more mischief you foolish woman he said what mischief have you took leave of your senses but i didn't answer him ah well he said shrugging his shoulders let it be as you wish with my poor friend lemon i yield always to a lady what is this and he took up the newspaper You've been reading, I see, the particulars of this sad case. It is more than sad. It is frightful. I haven't read it, I said. But you was going to? I won't be mean myself by denying it, I said. Yes, I was going to, when you come into the room unbeknown and unbeware. I had it in my mind to say that it was a liberty to come into a room as didn't belong to him, without first knocking at the door but his black eyes was fixed on me and his moustache was curling up to his nose and i didn't dare to when i come into the room he said unbeknown and unbeware as you express it you had no ears for anything you was staring at the paper and your eyes was wild what for is it a murder that frightens you foolish stupid because murders are so common how many people go to bed at night and never rise from it again because of what happens while they sleep this murder is strange in a sort of way but not clever no not clever a young girl eighteen years of age beautiful very beautiful with hair of gold and eyes of blue receives a letter from her lover who shall say that is yet to be discovered in the future meet me the letter says in victoria park at the old spot which proves my dear landlady that they have met before in the same place at eleven o'clock to-night 
an imprudent hour for a girl so young but then what will not love dare when you and lemon was according didn't you meet him whenever he asked you at all sorts of out-of-the-way places it is what lovers do without asking why and where the letter goes on in your belt a bunch of white daisies so that i may know it is you now why that it is the request of a bungler if the letter was wrote by her lover and there is at present no reason to suppose otherwise he would recognize his sweetheart without a bunch of white daisies in her belt what then is the explanation that also is in the future to be discovered let us imagine something say that between the young girl with the hair of gold and the eyes of blue and the man that writes the letter there is a secret the discovery of which will be bad for him pardon you wish to ask something yes i said about the letter how do you know it was wrote did i say i know he answered with his slyest wickedest look ain't we imagining simply imagining being in the dark we must find some point to commence at and nothing can be more natural than a letter was it found in the young lady's pocket i asked nothing was found he answered in the young lady's pocket then it ain't possible i said that the letter could have been wrote sweet innocence said devlin and with all these dreadful goings on sir that was making me tremble in my shoes he had the impudence to chuck me under the chin and lemon upstairs in the state he was what could be easier than to empty a young lady's pockets when she's laying dead before you a job any fool could do but the letter may be found and the murderer too i said with a shudder and hanged i hope i share your hope he said with one of his strange laughs by the neck till he is dead the more the merrier to continue our imaginings between the young lady and her lover as i said there's a secret as would be bad for him if it was made public as might indeed be the ruin of him this secret may be revealed in the correspondence as passed between them the chances are that those letters are not destroyed men are so indiscreet why they often forget there's a tomorrow the young lady is described as being beautiful more's the pity beauty's a snare if ever i marry which ain't likely mrs lemon i'll marry a fright beautiful as the young lady is her lover wishes to get rid of her perhaps he's tired of her perhaps he's got another fancy perhaps he's seen her twin sister and is smit with her there's any number of perhapses to fit the case but the poor girl having been brought to shame is that in the paper i asked interrupting him no he answered but it may be it is always so with those girls there's hardly a pin to choose between em naturally she won't consent to let him get rid of her won't consent to release him won't consent to let him go free they quarrel and make it up they quarrel again and make it up again days weeks go by till yesterday comes and she is to meet him at night she's got a mother she's got a father they set together and she goes to bed early she's got a headache she says and so good-night mother good-night father a kiss for each of em and there's a end of kisses and good-nights the last page of her little book of life is reached 
There's a lot in that scene to make a body think. It's full of pictures of the past. Think of all the days of childhood wasted. Think of all the love, laughter, hopes, joys, wasted. Flowers, ribbons, fancies, dreams, wasted. All that good men say is sweetest in life, and that's played its part for so many, many years. All wasted. Better to have been wicked at once, better to have been sinful and deceitful all through. Think you not so? Good-night, mother. Good-night, father. And so, to bed? No. To go up to her little room and lock the door, to dress herself in her best clothes, to make herself still more beautiful. For that, you see, may melt her lover's heart, to put the bunch of white daisies in her belt, to wait till the house is quiet, so quiet, so quiet, and then to steal out softly, softly. She stops at mother's door and listens. Not a sound. Mother and father sleep in peace. Remembrances of the past come to her in the dark, and she cries a little, very quietly. Then she departs. It is done. From that home she is gone forever, and she is walking to her grave. The park is still and quiet at that hour of the night, except for a few hungry wretches who prowl or sleep. The girl and the man have it all to themselves. First, love passages. Twelve o'clock. They stop and listen to the tolling of the bell. They all do that. Some smile and sing at the chimes. Some shiver and groan. Next, arguments, entreaties to be released. He will be so good to her, oh, so good, if she will only release him. One o'clock. Next, more love-making and coaxing, then threats, passionate reproaches, defiance. Ah, it has come to that. The end is near. Two o'clock. He stabs her, quick and sudden. To the heart? Hark! Do you hear the wild scream? Her body is dead, and her soul? But that and other mysteries remain to be unravelled, which may be... Never. End of chapter 14